0: All right, welcome everybody to episode forty-seven roundup only. I am Dr. Christopher Pisano. He is Dr. Yosef Gannat, and this is the Stem Cell
1: Podcast. What's up, man? What's going on, Yosef? I'm good. I can't believe it's like coming. It's like a week away. We're going to be in Sweden and Iceland, so I'm excited. This is the first time I've ever been there, or both places. Same here, man. Yeah, we're nice. uh, we're in like
0: a weird. We're we're going to put this episode out. And uh, as you, as we said in the title, it'll be just a roundup today because we'll be actually when this airs, we'll be in uh, Sweden or Iceland. So we'll be away. So we figured we'd get it done and we just give you something. And then the next in the next episode, 48, possibly even 49 are going to be all interviews. So we'll do only roundup today and it will be short show. It'll probably only be the half hour. Yeah, and uh cuz I don't I didn't I didn't go overboard
1: with my articles
0: know, partly because of the time constraint that we're under here. Yeah. Uh, this one uh, for so we'll me. just give everyone a quick roundup.
1: Yeah, yeah, this one for me is like my greatest misses uh ones that sort of flew under the radar that I haven't highlighted before. So um, Nice. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So let's see here um com. go there and sign up, right? Everyone's a lot of people have been signing up for the um for the, uh, correct me, dude, blanking, for the, the uh, news for the <laughs> newsletter. Yeah,
1: there you go. Wow. there it's it's one exactly those where mornings. I am today. <laughs>
0: and you know what? Actually, I'm signed up. And this is I just did it like early on just to, to, to double check and I get the email and I actually like go through it and find it to be helpful like because I can see all the papers listed. And if I want to go back on something Yosef was telling me about, I click it. So it's a good resource. Go sign up there. Um, we're talking about the meeting ISSCR with the official podcast of ISSCR. Everybody knows we'll be there. We'll be broadcasting and interviewing live from the floor. Yeah, um, last, so year coming, was,
1: last year was cool because, uh, I mean, you could go through the archives, but we, we got sort of an exclusive interview with uh, Roger Barker, who's now in the news for uh, doing uh, fetal grafts into Parkinson's patients again. Yes,
0: yeah, sir. And, That's uh, right. So you grabbed that. You got him, dude. You yeah. brought him right over.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll he was just like, well,
0: again. yeah, we got a guy. We got to bring him over right now. I'm yeah. like, all right, let's do it. And then we uh, yeah, we had a lot of really good interviews. Um, what was his name? Shane uh, Gray-Lish, Graylish, right? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, he came over, we talked to Sally Temple, who's now the Vice President of International Society for Stem Cell Research, I'm sure we'll grab her again, we'll have, um, you know, we're, we're going to have a bunch of fun things going on, I think, this year, we'll get all walks of uh, science and stem cell science, we also have some volunteers that are going to meet us over there to help, thank you for reaching out for volunteers, uh, if you're going to be there at ISSCR, uh, come by and say hello, we'll be at ISSCR Central, which is the main middle booth. Uh you'll see the sign and Yose and I will be set up there, so come say hello.
1: Yeah, and, we'll be there like the majority of the time, right? We're not gonna sit there six hours a day, eight hours a no, day.
0: No, we're though. not gonna be there all day because Yosef and I are as scientists and we'll be like going out and checking the science. So we'll probably be there between two to three hours a day and, and uh you know for a good chunk of time uh we'll probably be there yos when it's most busy like you know that late night session six to eight where they have the cocktail hour and people are like that we'll probably hang out there yeah um but you know if we're not there when you come by you'll find us just just stop by we'll be ha- we'll have a stem cell podcast t-shirt on so you'll you'll find us uh come by to get your t-shirt at the booth we have a bunch to give away um
1: Any all other right so
0: i don't know man that's it <laughs> i think that's it i'm like i i, I was just telling yosef that we need to get those adapters, those European electricity adapters, and I almost forgot. We would have gotten there, and then we wouldn't have
1: had any way to plug in for power. Yeah. That would have been bad, a bad scene. Yeah, and uh, make sure you got your passport ready. So uh, I got my passport, going, and this is the first going time that we're
0: doing Airbnb. Did you ever do Airbnb to book a place to stay? No,
1: this is the first time for me. Too. So yeah.
0: let's see how that works out. I'm going to let everybody know. We have two, both our places from Iceland and Sweden are on Airbnb. They look nice. I hope yeah. they... Uh, I hope they're nice. All right, so let's get into the roundup. Roundup only this roundup and all of our roundups uh, is sponsored by Thermo Fisher, who will be at ISSCR. Um, they normally have a magician at their booth. Yeah, who that guy was actually amazing. pretty
1: good. He was amazing.
0: Yeah, he's pretty good. It's like the same guy. He reminds me of I forget who he reminds me of somebody from Modern Family. Do you watch Modern Family? You know no, that big guy I, from
1: Modern Family? I was thinking Penn from Penn and Teller, but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's pretty good too. Uh, anyway, so Thermo will be there telling you, uh, you know, telling everyone about their products. We have people on from Thermo a lot; they've been great in helping us. So, you, if you want, um, if you're at the meeting, you can go check them out too. And if you want to learn more about the products. You can go to um, StemCellPodcast.com. We have a banner there and it'll take you there. So we will uh, get into the roundup. Yos, so what do you got?
1: All right. Let's start off with a nature communications video showing a time lapse uh, of the death of a white blood cell for the first time ever. Uh, the death of yeah. a white... sounds like a play. I know. I've actually, that, that, <laughs> that is a good name for a play. Uh, when it starts to die, it forms lumps that push outwards and then the cell explodes and then you see, it shoots out these long beaded protrusions that look like a necklace. And then, uh, that actually breaks apart into individual beads. And they think these beads might be alerting the immune system to a pathogen. And, uh, previously it was thought that white blood cells randomly fall apart, but this shows that it's, a, uh, the deterioration of the cells is a highly regulated, uh, process through three specific stages, this bulging and then explosion. And then these, uh, leftover pieces breaking apart. So, uh, th- we'll post a link to the video. It's uh, pretty cool to watch. That's cool. Yeah. I want to see it. Uh, I don't know if you saw this this week, but, uh, Philae, the, uh, the comet, explore that that probe that they put on that landed on a comet and it fell asleep, well, this week it woke up. So uh, we should be getting some <laughs> some data from that. I, I oh, guess that's good. Like, yeah, it's solar panels got exposed or something, but it, it decided to wake up after several months now uh, it's been sleeping. So uh, that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, there was a physical review letters. Uh, scientists actually uh, cre- created the world's coldest chemically stable molecules by killing sodium potassium gas to half of one millionth of a degree above absolute zero Kelvin. So minus 273 Celsius or minus 460 Fahrenheit. Uh, so it's 500 nanokelvins. So this broke the previous record by a factor of 10. And they create these super cold molecules of uh, to observe exotic forms of matter and quantum processes, uh, processes used, yeah. uh, and they used a set of lasers to cool sodium and potassium separately and trap them. And then they applied a magnetic field to get the atoms to form a weak bond. So, th- this is, you know, uh, the idea of, uh, superconduction and like super fast computers. Yeah. This, this, uh, important for that. So, uh, physical review letters. Um, there was a this one's funny, a Royal Society of Open Science uh journal. Studies showing the researchers observed drinking sessions involving adult chimpanzees near Boussau, ba- Guinea. And over the course of 17 years, and they found that they had learned to take advantage of containers uh, humans placed in raffia palm trees to collect its alcoholic sap. So these monkeys were getting drunk on their own in the wild. <laughs> uh, they, the fermented sap, uh, raffia sap, is produced by the plants year-round, and the researchers estimate that is about 3.5% Percent alcohol by volume but the content could get as high as 6.9 percent so these Dude, guys so
0: wait so they just like were collecting it and then inviting their buddies over to the tree and yeah, just getting wasted
1: some of the, some of the trims <laughs> drank, drank as much as a bottle of the palm wine in in one session and were observed to be intoxicated so <laughs> yeah it's 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 interesting Dude, that's that, awesome yeah these drunken monkeys could, did it on their own they learned how to do this um Uh, There was a molecular psychiatry study uh, where they looked at 5.7 million children in five countries and showed uh, a connection between parental age and autism. And uh, they found that autism rates were 66% higher among children born to dads over the age of 50 than those in their 20s so um and they also found a 28 percent uh higher risk for dads in their 40s so 66 percent for 50s and 28 percent higher risk for uh in the 40s as so apparently 20s is the sweet spot for modern humans to be having children they also found uh rates were 18 percent higher with teen moms than those in their 20s so the 20s well, that's a perfect spot yeah and also autism rates were 15 percent higher in children born to mothers in their 40s and uh higher than usual uh when the, there were wide gaps of 10 years or more between the pa- uh, parents so that was especially true for when the dads were between 35 and 44 and their partners were at least a decade younger so um If both parents are in their 20s, I guess that's like the sweet spot in not uh, being susceptible as much to uh, autism. Um, But that
0: doesn't really jive with the way our society is evolving for procreation. Because right now, the sweet spot, I feel, I was reading an article about this, is that um, it looks like the the younger 30s is where we're seeing the biggest rise in... babies being born so it's kind of not fit with way you know society is evolving where people are working and they have kids later yeah so i wonder how that's going to shake out anyway interesting
1: uh i don't know if you saw this this week uh last week uh the nobel prize winning biochemist tim hunt resigned after saying that three things happen when girls are in the lab you either fall in love with them they fall in love with you and when you criticize them they cry that's great (laughs) This is my proof that like really smart people do and say dumb things sometimes. This is so great. <laughs> so that was a well deserved resignation. I mean,
0: do you just not know that saying that's going to cause you problems, or like what? I don't. I don't really get it. You just mean,
1: so removed. You you should know. I mean, I'm sorry. If I as a postdoc can be fired for stuff that I post say on Facebook, that you should know this as a Nobel Prize winning professor. That you can't say something like this, but... He can't have the Nobel taken from him, right? No. No, no, no. Yeah. There's no way. No. I, I guess you could sell it like Crick did. Uh, yeah, he yeah Or was yeah, it he Watson could. who did it? I forget. Yeah, I think it was Watson. Um, I think it was Watson. Uh, so uh, there was a Journal of American Medical Informatics Association study showing that the uh, month in which you were born can influence which diseases you developed. They looked at the relationship between birth month and disease risk for 1.7 million people admitted to New York Presbyterian Hospital between 1985 and 2013 and found, for instance, the likelihood of developing asthma is greater in babies born in July and October, Whereas uh, the risk of ADHD or, you know, uh, attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder uh, uh, peaks for children born in November. And this, this mimics uh, similar studies in Denmark uh, have had similar results. So uh, you, uh, we'll post the link, but the, the chart is actually pretty interesting. Uh, some of the, the peak months. Um, so uh, wh- when was your kid born?
0: july and i'm concerned he might have asthma actually interesting I mean, I was wondering the attention deficit disorder, is it because like it's born, they're born like around winter. Am I thinking that wrong? Only maybe in the East coast. And like that requires them to be inside in front of a TV more. I don't know if I'm doing all those correlations, right? I wonder what's, wow. what's the significance that's, about the time of year.
1: No, that's a good assumption though. I, I, I didn't, uh, de- delve into that one. Cause but,
0: you know, um, the summer allergens are around July though. That would make sense where asthma, but I don't know why. Um, that's interesting. Very
1: yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know like, uh, yeah, uh, At least autism rates correlate with uh, cable subscription. Like if you have uh, more people watching TV, basically, like, I don't know with the ADHD though. So interesting though, I, you know, correlation is definitely not causation though. So, um, but you can find that uh, we'll post the link to that. Uh, There was a cell paper uh, talking about this Thunder God vine extract uh, with that reduced body weight by forty. percent in obese mice Uh, the compound is called celestrol Uh, Celestrol, I'm not sure how to say it, and uh, produces uh, this effect through leptin signaling, the appetite suppressing hormone. Uh, The team screened an existing database containing whole genome uh, gene expression profiles from human cells that were treated with more than a thousand small molecules and found that Celestrol uh, was the most effective at producing a gene expression profile that could be associated with improved... Uh, ER function, the endoplasmic reticulum function, and leptin sensitivity. And within one week of treatment of uh, the the mice, uh, these obese mice, they reduced their food intake by about 80% uh, compared to untreated obese mice. Uh, By the end of the third week, of uh the say they uh 45% the mice had 45% of their initial body weight by burning their fat stores. So uh this cell this thunder god vine extract may be the new wonder pill for um for obesity. Wow, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh there was also how, yeah, what were you going to say?
0: I was going to say how do you feel about a pill for
1: for obese people? I think it's great as long as you make sure that they have to take it after exercise. <laughs> So that's the thing, you know, I was just, I was just, sorry, this is, let's keep going because I
0: got, that'll make, take me on a road I don't (laughs) want to go on right now. Go ahead.
1: Okay. There was a journal of clinical oncology studies showing that, oh gosh, my mom, of course, always calls me when I'm doing a... Uh, the podcast. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, she does. <laughs> That's what that was. Uh, Moms, was, what are you doing, mom? Yeah, I know. I, I wish I, I should put my phone on to uh, airplane mode. Anyhow, there was a journal of clinical oncology studies showing that herpes can be used to treat skin cancer. Um, so what they did is they found that... Um, Uh, They used a modified herpes virus to attack melanoma cells in a phase three trial. The drug is called TVEC and uh, was used in a trial involving more than 400 patients with aggressive myeloma and showed one uh, one of four patients responded to the treatment and were still in remission after six months. Uh, about 10% of the patients had complete remission with no detectable cancer remaining. So the neutered virus, uh, herpes virus has a modified, it's been modified to stop it from producing a protein that allows it to inf- infect, uh, healthy cells. But in cancer cells, uh, the version of the, uh, of the block protein is expressed and this allows it to multiply and kill the cell. So, uh, this triggers uh, also a secondary immune response to the tumor humor so uh this maybe a new way of treating melanoma cells. So uh, look out for TVEC. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was in the Herpes
0: germ- for your skin.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love these studies that use, you know, things that used to kill us or infect us to, to treat things like cancer. I just, just love it. flip it. it. Totally yeah, flip it. Yeah, yeah, flip the script. Uh, I like that. Yeah, a couple more. Um, I don't know. This one you're going to love Chris. Uh, this was a Royal Society of Open Science paper showing this papers Called The Evolution of Popular Music. This was a study looking from 1960 to 2010, and they found that the biggest revolution in music was uh, in 1991. Was with uh, the advent of mainstream hip hop? Yeah, think, it was. I think that's the year that uh, Will Smith won the the Grammy for uh, for uh, <laughs> was it parents yeah. just don't understand yeah, or one yeah. of those things? So they they looked at all these musical trends and from like you know the Beatles on, and they found that the biggest change in popular music was with uh, with Mains the advent of mainstream hip hop. So uh, I I like the idea of using, you know, scientific methods to to find uh, cultural trends. And uh, finally, I'll just uh, end with a PLOS1 study showing that your genes determine whether or not mosquitoes are attracted to you. They compared identical twins to fraternal twins and found that mosquitoes were similarly attracted to identical twins, whereas fraternal twins seem to either repel or attract mosquitoes at very different rates uh so you know some people they're like mosquitoes love me they they may be right there's something in your genes that that attract them whereas in your you know, genetic f- pool not your genes yeah yeah
0: no joke yeah no good all right no, yeah no you good. know what's you know what's funny about that my wife is the one she's always getting bit by mosquitoes everywhere she goes and she's like I don't understand why it's me and I was joking I was like we got to find the mosquito gene maybe yeah. there is one yeah so there you go
1: yeah. so the identical twins got hounded the same yeah exactly whereas fraternal twins either repelled or attracted at different rates so uh there's they you know sort of they haven't honed down which gene it is but um definitely
0: dude if you were to identify it what would you call the gene you got to think about that yeah lumpy one i don't know (laughs) (laughs) itchy (laughs) um Alright, let's... Uh, is that it, man? I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, no, that's it. Alright, awesome. Thank you. So, I'm going to... I got some stem cell stuff. but Before I do, I sent Yosef this, and I'm going to mention it because I find it so cool. Because I'm obsessed with prions and prion disease. Yeah, I yeah, think it's yeah. like... I think it's so crazy and weird how you have these, like, uh, pr- proteins and diseases that can just basically eat away at your brain and destroy it. And uh, so, there's this study that was published in Nature that reveals that a gene mutation showed a complete resistance against prion disease. Uh, so this is a group in like UCL and uh, um, in the UK and some researchers in New Guinea uh so that there is was, there's was resistant gene mutations were discovered after they studied the genes of people believed to be resistant to Kuru, which is a, t- which is the type of um um of a prion disease. So I won't get into it, but I just thought it was really awesome. Uh if you're into prions, check it out. I'll put it up. It's yeah, really, that was really awesome. I would like to get this guy article. to come on the show. That was a
1: nature paper, right? Yeah,
0: it was a nature paper. is, uh there's like a genetic variant that appears to stop misfolded proteins from propagating in the brain. So that's uh it's pretty awesome. Um I read this. It's a long article. I'll, I'll just, you know, I won't really go into it, but I, I thought it was interesting for people that follow the field. And um, this was about Irv Weissman. Um, so it says Stanford stem cell product delayed for more than a decade to be tested again. So this is like uh, Irv Weissman's, a, uh, for everybody uh, in the field knows Irv Weissman, uh,
1: he was, he's a big, big. He's the big blood po- stem cell god. Guru. Yeah, he's
0: like a blood stem cell god. Exactly. Yeah. He, so we had Sean Morrison on the show, who was like a blood stem cell god <laughs> he he was uh i think a postdoc with irv uh, if i got that correctly um so anyway irv you know it, amongst his uh kind of discoveries discovered you know basically a unique way to grow and deliver blood stem cells um and they were going to use it uh for uh cancer patients pac- desperate patients with aggressive cancers that would boost um survival rates um and so they had this discovery and it was whatever. And it was 10 years ago that um, he basically uh, you know, licensed it to this company. And then they, they started this small biotech company. And then the biotech company he became, sold for like, dude, like $350 million something crazy. It made him a multimillionaire. But the point being with this whole story is that throughout this past decade, nothing's been done with the product. Are you like, serious? Nothing. Like wow. nothing's been done with it. Like they went, it went to one company, it kind of fizzled and they sold it. It went to another and they started it, and it fizzled. And so after all of that, nothing's been done. Uh, people made a lot of money, but nothing's been done. And this goes to the timeline. He's saying now it's back in Irv's hands and he has a new plan to, to like get it out and do it over again. Um, and I think really what it highlights to everybody what everybody should take home from it is that the process of getting a discovery into patients' hands is so difficult um, and requires a lot of money and a lot of dedication. And if you do it in the wrong way, you can just be. Basically- basically get passed around for a while so um i know sally uh, temple we talk about a lot about this how do you efficiently cur- translate is the word uh, discovery into a product and this article just kind of highlights somebody who is is considered to be one of the most significant well-known stem cell researchers in the world how his product never made it out and uh his now second attempt after 10 years to do so so it's an interesting article we'll put it up um there's a big. I don't know if you've noticed this, Yo. There's a big thing in the news lately about sports stars and stem cell research. Like we we talked about Gordy Howe a lot. And now uh, there's an. I read an article about the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame quarterback Bart Starr. He's participating in a clinical trial using stem cells to treat a stroke. Mm. So he suffered from two strokes and a mild heart attack in last September and. Uh, um, now, his family' made a, a statement that they're they 're participating in a, in a stem cell trial they don 't give the details as to what or where, but interesting, they called gordy howe 's family and they got the scoop from him and then 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 that like kind of led them to go down the road of getting the trial so again here 's another of these high profile celebrity types who um, you know uh, is on their way to get a stem cell transplant. I hope it works out for him because we know man some work some don 't and uh, I hope Hope he doesn't fall on the other end of that. So, um, okay, I got this. This is a, a this is kind of cool. Do you like avocados? Yeah, yeah, me too. It's avocado. A treatment for leukemia. Fruit molecules found uh, target stem cells of cancer. So they're saying that their molecules derived from avocados may be a key to fight certain type of uh, like leukemia. This is in cancer research. They have avocado. Have these lipids? Uh, avocado lipids used in making a compound named avocation B can help treat leukemia stem cells in patients with acute myeloid leukemia. Uh, And so um, I guess if you're – let me see. This is the stem cell. Um, The compound Avocatin B eliminates the source of AML. It has fewer side effects than current leukemia treatments. The treatments available for leukemia are chemo or radiation. Uh, And so this is kind of this one of these extracts. I don't know how far it goes, but uh, I like avocado. So if it can help me live longer too –
1: yeah that's great. I, that's funny. Uh, I just heard that that avocado prices are on the rise um because there's so much demand, and like I guess this one village in Mexico is just there's like a yeah there's like a gang that used to push drugs, but now they're now they're the avocado like cartel. <laughs> That's controlling.
0: Yeah, his, dude, yeah, because avocados became trendy, you know. Yeah. It became, like, very trendy to have avocado. Look at Subway. You can get avocado on all your That's sandwiches true, now. true,
1: actually. Yeah. Um,
0: all right. So this is a, uh, let's see, a protein unexpected role in embryonic stem cells. This was in Genes and Development. Um, this is a finding published June 16th. shows that nucleoporins, which always are cool things, yeah, um, play an important role in maintaining embryonic stem cells before they, you know, go go on to differentiate
1: so, these are the channels that allow stuff to get into the nucleus? Yeah. So, the nucleoporins
0: are, I think there's like 30 different versions uh, are, are like part of the nuclear pore complex. It's a giant structure that connects the inside of a cell's nucleus to the outer cytoplasm. So, it, it's basically the, the, the bridge into the nucleus of the cell. Um, and... You know, we always see them come up. If you ever done like a microarray or something, you know, it's like you always see like nucleoporins or like something like aquaporins, like these yeah. things pop up. Uh, and so now they're saying that the, this this NUP one fifty three, uh, which is known to rapidly move on and off the nuclear pore complex, is actually uh, functionally involved in helping maintain um, uh, the stem cell state. So um, uh, that's cool. You got to check that out um all right this is i don't know if you knew this yos but this was a, a a review that yo that uh, lorenz wrote yeah actually yeah. It was a perspective neuron,
1: the neuron one or no this is cell stem cell Dude, oh okay
0: lorenz is he's all over the joint <laughs> Yeah. right um he's writing things for all over the place <laughs> this is called programming and reprogramming cellular age in the era of induced pluripotency this is such a cool perspective uh you should definitely read it yos and uh, basically, what, what what it talks about, so we can reprogram adult cells. We know that back to the embryonic state, right? So, IPS cells take skin, goes back to embryo, and it's a powerful tool for studying, you know, how to model human disease. However, the, I guess when you reverse, when you do that, you're reversing cellular age, right? You're taking a cell that's really old. Presumably, mine would be 34 years old, and I'm bringing it all the way back to the embryo. So, the reversal of the cellular age during reprogramming results in an embryonic-like state of these iPS cells. But it also results in an embryonic-like state of their derivatives. So if I now need to make neurons, the neurons that I make are going to be embryonic-like. And so, the, the, you know, and Lorenz and the other authors suggest that, obviously, this presents a specific challenge for modeling late-onset disease. Yeah, yeah. So it says that this age reset requires novel methods to mimic age-related changes but also offers opportunities for studying cellular rejuvenation in real time. So he says, here we discuss how IPS research may transform studies on aging and enable the precise programming of cellular age in parallel to cell fate specification. So he's saying not only can IPS cells help us create new cells, but it can also teach us a lot about how cells age. Mm. Uh, And I think that's a really cool take on it. Uh, so check that out. This is in Cell Stem Cell Two. Uh, it, Shinya Yamanaka is on the line. The final, the last author is Yoshinori Yoshida. Kenji Miki is the first author. Uh, this is cool. I don't know what a micro RNA switch is, but I want to learn. I haven't read it, so I'll I'll get back to you. But it says efficient detection and purification of cell populations using synthetic micro RNA switches. So this is crazy, dude. I don't know what happens. So you have, you know. You know, you can make pluripotent cells turn into things. And let's say in this paper, they're talking about cardiomyocytes. So you make cardiomyocytes, the beating cells of the heart. All right. So I differentiate them and I turn them into cardiomyocytes. And then I have a bunch of cardiomyocytes. But in the dish, it's not pure, right? so in there is a bu- it's just like a heterogeneous mixture of differentiated cells. Like let's let's even go one step further and say I wasn't trying to get cardiomyocytes. I just differentiated pluripotent cells and I got a whole mix, a gamish of stuff, hepatocytes, I don't know, endos, cardiomyocytes. What they're saying is they've designed synth- um they've designed synthetic mRNAs encoding fluorescent protein tagged with sequences targeted by microRNAs expressed by the cells of interest. Mm-hmm. And these microRNA switches control translation levels of protein by sensing these activities. Basically, what they can do then is they can take a heterogeneous population and using these microRNA switches, convert them to pure populations of cells. So by using a specific microRNA, 122.5p, they can switch the population all the way over to hepatocytes or switch them all the way over to cardiomyocytes. Thus, thus, essentially purifying a heterogeneous population. Hmm. And I'm not then, really quite sure on how it actually works. Like, what? You know, I guess what it's saying is it it, it um, um, you control the translation levels with these things, and that allows for the for the for the purification. But again, I'm not i I'm not an RNA guy, so this is you know that that level requires some detailed understanding. So I got to read it again. But point being. It's a it's a resource. It's a new method to purify cell population using microRNAs. So I thought that was interesting. I assume
1: they did some sorting too. Uh, I
0: the you GFP. know I don't. I mean they don't do sorting for their method. It requires no sorting.
1: It's just it's just you add the and, thing
0: and it like yeah. it will it will purify it out. Cool. In like real time. So, I, I, I don't know, man. I, yeah. And, again, I don't know if they have it for all lineages. You know, I don't know if you can, like, pick a lineage and make it. You'd have to probably find the microRNA that works best. Yeah,
1: yeah. But know. it was a
0: very, very cool technique. Uh, seems to be very high-tech. So, I'll have to read it over again. Maybe, we, maybe we'll maybe we see this guy at ICCR. We can ask him. This was in Scientific Reports, a cost-effective and efficient reprogramming platform for large-scale production of integrated free human IPS cells in a chemically defined culture. Um so this is a new way that describes a procedure that will enable a single technician to make twenty to forty lines at a time uh, in a ninety-six well uh, in a twenty-four ninety-six well format in a reliable and reproducible fashion. Now, listen, we all know that making IPS cells, everybody can do it. However the amount of IPS cells that we need to make nowadays is incredible. Sometimes you're making 20, 50, 100, 200, 300 lines, and people are adopting robotics to do this. Uh, this is apparently a new method that says you don't need that. You can have one technician make 20 to 40 lines at a time. So, uh, With them claiming that, I will definitely take a look and see uh, if it's uh, you know something feasible because um, that sounds like something that we can all use in the lab. A better uh, workflow mm. to create uh lines in a more efficient um uh way so i have one other paper but it's not loading so in that case (laughs) i'm just gonna uh i'm just gonna uh uh, move on i'll put the link up it's about it's about how you can use stem cells to induce mouse hearts to repair themselves uh i'll put the link up uh with that yost uh we're not gonna go to an interview uh but i think we should do a rant right now and then we just can you know close it for the time being and we'll head out to ISSCR. Yeah,
1: th- th- this is refreshing because uh this rant is not from my my inner hater this one's from uh, a listener uh submitted this one to us so uh we always appreciate some feedback especially ones for the rant uh suggestion so uh d- do you know her name again uh the this pers- is
0: robin walters hey robin she is uh she she put She is the custodian uh, who listens to the stem cell Cell podcast. Uh, So Robin, thank you for uh, writing us in. So I'm going to give you her rant and then Joseph and I can, well, we're going to comment on it and we're going to offer like, I think we have a similar situation. So I think what Robin was talking about was when she's driving in a car and she's like approaching like a crosswalk or a pedestrian walk. And there's like somebody standing there ready to cross and, they start creeping out into the road, you know, as you're driving and like y- y- they look at you and they see you and like, they're just waiting for you to stop, but there's no other cars behind you or in the other way. So they could just let you go and then cross with no problem. So why, why do they have to creep out onto the road and make it awkward? Like just wait until the car goes by and then you have the whole road. You can roll across the street with no problems. Like what are you doing?
1: Yeah. They're wielding they're they're abusing their pedestrian rights yeah, that's what they're doing. They're just like, look, I'm at a crosswalk. I should be able to walk. Yeah, and the the funny thing is, is this is analogous for me, at least, uh, when you know somebody's, you're both going out of a door, and then somebody's like, say, ten steps ahead of you, and so that what they do is they hold the door open for you, and they're being nice, but you know, then you have to run up to the door because they're going to be standing there holding that door open for you to exit through. And so you're just running up and you're just like, oh man, I didn't want to you know, run over to that door. I just want to do my thing. But you don't want to be rude and have them standing there holding the door open for you. I know. So it's sort of like... I
0: use use eye contact as the measure. I I don't know if this works with the pedestrian walk, but if I open up a door and look behind me and I make eye contact with someone walking to the door, I have to hold it for them. If, If there's an eye contact made... You can't just shut the door. Yeah, yeah. That's you can't true. you just you can. I mean it could be a long because like in our hall we have a long hallway so if I see someone coming down they're halfway down I make eye contact I, I use my judgment I might even say like you know what I'm going to let the door
1: go or something like that you know it's funny with the, so this is maybe a cultural thing here but It's definitely is a cultural thing because the one thing I noticed the first thing I noticed when my mom pulled me out of public school and sent me a private school uh, I was in 7th grade the first thing I noticed was that somebody held the door open for me in private school when in public school that never happened for like my whole life it was like the bell rang all the kids just like piled into the school whereas in private school somebody like held the door open for me I was like wow that's interesting somebody's like you know holding the door open for me and I don't know if it's a class difference or just just the kids were different and there was no like bell ringing and everybody Could just be. yeah it was i just remember that was the first thing i noticed i was like oh that's interesting uh the person held the door open how how polite to them <laughs> so you know
0: it's also like in the elevator like if i'm going to the elevator and you're in there and a door's closing all i ask is that you pretend to press the button you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean just like pretend just just yeah. like Go, oh, and, like, just go to reach for it. Like, yeah. you don't even have to press it, but, like, make an effort to pretend. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, no. I, I ever see those a-holes that just, like, look at you as you're like running to the door and they just like stare at you and watch it close in your face. I'm like, dude, you could have at least pretended like you were trying to get the door, you know, like try to put your foot out or do something funny. Yeah,
1: that's funny. They're uh, like the man. Bond villain looking at you like you did not make it. They're just like ah, like laughing at you as you go. That's
0: funny, uh, so, man. Robin, thanks for the rant. Everyone send in your rants. Stemcellpodcast at gmail.com and
1: uh, yeah, we definitely we'll rant appreciate it up. We're going to rant it up for you. But that's what we should do, yos too, at ISCR. We should ask people about rant ideas. <laughs> Yeah, you know we've probably covered a lot of them, but I I definitely have a long list of uh, rants to come. So uh, we'll have a lot <laughs> yeah, more do. for you to come uh, for the rest of the year. So uh, with that, uh, all right, man, I that's serve, it for yeah. us
0: here. We're going on Sunday. This it's uh, on Sunday night because we're you know this will air Tuesday. Yosef and I fly out. So the next time you hear our voices, um, we'll be interviewing people from ISSCR. All right, Yosef, man, you I'll then. see you out to see you at the airport, brother. Yep. All right, see you, all right, man.
1: Bye.